This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Jesse, do you feel older? No, not at all. I think probably you should. Do I, I mean, look older? You you definitely do. I think there's more gray. I just think as, as soon as you hit that big number last week, well, actually, you haven't hit it quite yet. You're hitting it tomorrow as we're recording. But when this comes out, you're going to be officially the big 4-0. Yep. Two years older than me. No. A year and I'm going to be 38 and you're going to be 40, two years older than me, basically <sighs> for a few weeks, for a few weeks. Hey, I'm going to milk it for all it's worth. We're going to talk more about that on the podcast. And we're also going to talk today about faith over fear. This is something that's just really been on my heart recently. And I did an Instagram story on it. And then I was talking with Jesse and he's like, we need to talk more about that on the podcast. So we're going to talk about that. But first... I have to say thank you to all of you who wrote in after our episode two episodes ago. Last week was with Jamie Ivey, which was a fantastic conversation. If you missed it, go back and listen to that. But the episode before that, we had both babies as we do today, mm -hmm. and there were lots of baby noises in the background. Probably a lot of baby noises now. That's right. But multiple people wrote in and said, thank you so much. For the baby noises, I love them. Please don't ever apologize for them. So I'm not going to apologize, but I did find it funny that one lady said she had just put her baby down for a nap and then Champ, he was in the background and she kept thinking that her baby was waking up. I thought that was funny.
So what's saving your life today, Jesse? Well, it's not a thing. Okay. So I would say it's more perspective. You're getting all philosophical I'm in your old age. getting all philosophical in my old age. So when I was... No, I was just thinking this morning that uh, this past decade, this is being my, as we're recording, the last day of being in my 30s. So I guess I'll have to move whenever I'm on checking something for demographics, you know, have to move up to the next checkbox. You have but, to scroll down a long yeah, ways. Yeah. It, but just how much life we've experienced over the last 10 years mm-hmm. and growth. And honestly, I think that this past decade has been probably the most growth-filled personally that I, I think I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely as far as the things we've been able to do and how we've grown as a family. It's really hard to think back to 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Feels like a lifetime ago, as in, I don't even, I feel like I'm a completely different person. I know. And so, like you said this morning, which I thought was great perspective, it makes you just really look forward to the next 10 years. Yeah, oh, definitely. Instead of, I think that some people can approach a number like four zero and have kind of trepidation or dread or sadness. And I think that that's such a good perspective to just be excited about what God has for the future. What's saving my life this week is electrolytes. And the reason they're saving my life is because we realized last week I was just feeling really worn down and having a lot of headaches. And I thought maybe I'm anemic or something. But then I started thinking, you know, I think the last time I felt like this was when I had low electrolytes and it was the result of sweating a lot. And recently I've started running because I'm doing the couch to 5k program, which by the way, Jesse, I am on week four. Oh, wow. Good job. I know. And uh, so I've been sweating a lot because running is not something that I had done for an entire year. You're also doing it in the gym, which is encased in concrete. So there's no ventilation in there. So you would be hotter. Definitely. So I'm sweating a lot and that is affecting my electrolytes. And so I woke up one morning last week and had an ocular migraine, which if you've never had one before, basically, at least for me, it starts out with kind of like you just see this little spot in your eye that's kind of wiggling. It's hard to explain. It's like this little squiggle in your eye that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it covers both eyes basically. And you can, it's very blurry. It's like when you go and get your eyes dilated, Mm -hmm. it kind of reminds me of that feeling of like you, you can see, but you can't see. And then it's followed by a really pretty significant headache. And the only other times I've gotten the ocular migraines is when I am low on electrolytes. So I have been working really hard to make sure that I am replenishing my electrolytes after I run or walk every day. And I have been using Noon, which is N-U-U-N. I'm not a big fan of these, these little tablets that you put in your water, but they are making a big difference. And I know, Jesse, you actually really like them. Oh, yeah. Caitlin just loved the taste of them. I don't really think they taste that great, but I feel a lot better. So it's worth yeah, it. It definitely helps you drink more water. And especially if you, if it's hard to drink water, that's not flavored, that it's a really good way to 
flavor your water naturally and still give your body things that it needs. So we'll put the link to those in the show notes. They do go on sale on Amazon fairly often. And um, if you have any suggestions for ways to increase your electrolytes that might taste better than noon that aren't super expensive, I'd love to hear. Let me know. You can send me an email at crystal at moneysavingmom.com. Jesse, you said you've been listening to a lot of books recently. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of the Vince Flynn books, uh, just continuing on, listening to the next one after I finish one, and just about through the whole series. I'm to the part of the series now where actually uh, Vince Flynn has already died, um, and the series got picked up by another author, but they're still publishing under his, the Vince Flynn's name. So Siri thinks you're talking. You said Siri, Siri. Oh, and that's funny. Siri, my phone is. What can I help you with? Anyway, <laughs> I was like, "Why is Siri popping up?" Oh, okay. So the uh, it's it's very interesting because I can tell a difference in the writing style. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think that probably he was trying to write under the style that Vince Flynn wrote in, you can definitely tell a difference. But and what is the name of the series? It's the it's a Mitch Rap series. Is the name of the main character. The author's Vince Flynn. So, and you said there are a lot of books in the series. There's one coming out here later this month, and that is book. I think it's seventeen. So, how many books have been written since he died? Three or four. And they're going to continue writing mm-hmm. more. Wow. I think the one coming out. I think is the fourth. I think the longest series of books I've ever read was an eight book series by. It was a Christian author they were they were fiction books now it slips my mind and she's some really famous author but anyway that felt like a lot of books on kind of one series Mm -hmm. i don't even know i'm trying to think how do you write 17 books in one series yeah you you wonder if at some point they're going to uh, storyline they're going to run out of storylines to use but i mean it's what's really interesting about because these are political thriller um action books so you can almost hear what's going on politically at the time when the book was written so having listened to them all in a very short period of time it's really interesting where you can see the transit because he started way back before 9-11 and you can Mm -hmm. see when 9-11 happened and the kind of the shift in technology some of the things that they're talked about um you know with the how they describe the use of uh, smartphones back Mm. back when you know in the early 2000s and now how they're describing it. It's, it, it, that's fascinating to me. That would be. So how many years is it, Is there one book a year or is yeah, it so it's like over 17 years? Yeah, generally to do one book a year. Wow. Yeah. A lot has changed in 17 mm-hmm. years. Well, we'll link to that in the show notes. And I am reading a book that I honestly think this is going to be the first book that I've read this year that I'm going to give five stars to. And it's really weird that this is the book that's getting five stars. It's my first five-star read. But the reason is, it's because I can't stop talking about it. And Jesse, you know exactly what book I'm referring to. The one that I keep talking about to you every single day. I'm, I must not be paying attention because, or not following it's the fact that- It's your old age. You're, you're forgetting. <laughs> it's the same book. <laughs> so Catch me if you can. Oh, okay. Yes, 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 yes. yes. This book is written by Frank Avignal. I think that's how you pronounce his name. And he is this con man who did 
crazy, crazy things in his lifetime. He pretended to be a pilot and he flew all over the world as a pilot. He didn't actually fly the, fly the planes, but he was in the jump seat and he conned the Pan Am Air, Airways, I think maybe another air, airline, into paying for him to fly all over the world in the jump seat for years. And then he also was a quote unquote doctor and he worked in a hospital as a pediatric doctor. Again, he didn't actually work as a doctor. He was over a floor, the pediatric floor, if I'm saying this correctly. And so he would just come in and ask the interns, like if they needed him in there, he'd say, well, what would you, what, what do you think? And then they'd say, and he'd be like, yeah, go with that. But he realized after, I think he did it for 10 or 11 months and he realized that they had some situation where he realized, oh, I could actually, a child's life could be endangered because of me being here and not having the credentials. So he actually left that job. And then he worked as an attorney when he had never gotten his law license. And um, he actually sat for the bar in, I don't remember which state. It's Louisiana. I don't remember which state it was, but. At least that's what it was in the movie. He sat for a bar and um, passed the bar and so became an assistant uh, district attorney, I think is what it was. He passed the bar. And if it was Louisiana, that is an amazing I don't think it was. I I don't know what bar it was now, which state it was in. But yes, he he studied. He he failed it twice. And then he studied and then he ended up passing it. So he didn't he never went to law school. He just conned them into thinking that he had a law degree. Wow. And, and then he flew all over the world doing all, just all sorts of things, robbed all these banks, um, cashed, not robbed all these banks, but in in essence he did because he cashed, I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars of fraudulent checks. And it, it's weird because yes, it's about this con man, but it's fascinating. And I think one of my biggest takeaways is you got to be careful because there are smart people out there and don't believe everything at face value. I think there was that. And then also just hearing just his philosophy behind and his thought processes. I don't know another word besides fascinating. So I'm listening to the audiobook. It's available on Libby, at least through our library. They also have a movie that we watched um, we haven't watched it in a long time and there were definitely some PG-13 scenes in it, but that's how I had heard of him in um, the first place. But the book is, I, I don't even, a thousand times better than the movie. And he actually wrote it. I still have an hour and a half left and I really don't want it to end because it's, like I said, I've just, just am finding it fascinating and enthralling. And just, it's one of those where you're like, is this for real? It's crazy. So that was Catch Me If You Can by Frank Abagnale, and we will put the link in the show notes. So let's dive into this topic of faith over fear. And Jesse, I think this really came from kind of where we're at in life right now, walking through foster care, where there's a lot of unknowns. And then the world that we live in right now, Mm -hmm. there's so much unrest and so many unknowns and it's constantly changing. And I've just realized how much I have a choice every day to wake up and live in fear Mm -hmm. or 
walk in faith. I can choose to be stressed and overwhelmed by all the unknowns and what might be's and what ifs, or I can choose to say, God is a big God and he's trustworthy. And I want to look to him and trust him for today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's ironic that we're doing this podcast today with what, what I was talking about. His perspective is saving my life because honestly, I think that coming to that realization and um, kind of working through those issues surrounding fear and anxiety in my own life, it's one of the biggest improvements and, and growth areas from this past decade. I was really thinking about that because I was thinking how, you know, we've talked about this some, we did an episode Mm -hmm. about your journey with anxiety and how it was so health driven and you have every reason to have some anxiety around that just with going through losing your mom, being born prematurely and then having two brain tumors. But I've seen God free you up from so much fear. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like fear just suffocated a lot of your life out Mm -hmm. of you. For a number of years, there would be days and weeks, maybe even months of those years Mm -hmm. where there was so much fear that was prevalent in your life that was just zapping your energy and your joy and just kind of get you in this cycle of being so... Fearful of things. Yeah. It, and sucking life out. Definitely. It, the fear was killing me. Mm-hmm. I mean, really the anxiety and what I thought was health issues was caused by anxiety, which is caused by fear. And that would ex- exacerbate the health issues. Well, and I was thinking just the other day, I was talking on an Instagram live about how it's so easy as moms to kind of fall prey to feeling like we need to do everything right. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to feeding our kids and when it comes to then as women, how we can get so stressed about making healthy choices for ourselves. Should I eat this? What about, you know, all organic? What about is meat? Should I do keto? What about vegan? And, you know, all the things that are out there and you can start stressing over what you put in your mouth to the point that it doesn't matter what you put in your mouth. You're hurting your health by that stress. And so living in fear, it literally can suck the life Mm -hmm. out of you. And so the thing that you're afraid of, you could end up causing major health problems for yourself because you've just put so much stress on yourself of being afraid of health problems. It's a vicious cycle. And I think for us with foster care right now, there's a lot of stuff that it's just so out of our hands. Mm -hmm. And I was telling someone yesterday how I think it's easy when it's your biological children that you feel like you have some control. And with foster care, we don't have control over so much. We're not the ones that are making decisions. There are so many other people involved. And yes, we want to be an advocate, but we don't have the ultimate say. And so walking by faith means we have to trust the Lord. And every day just praying for Champ and praying for his protection and praying for God to give wisdom to those people who are making the decisions and praying for him to feel loved and secure and taken care of. But at the end of the day, we can't control 
his future. And yet, why do I think that I can control my kid's future? Mm-hmm. So I can live in so much fear over, are they making good choices? Am I feeding them the right foods? Am I teaching them the right things? And I can let that overtake me and stress me out. Or I can choose to walk by faith and say, I want to love my kids well. I want to advocate for them. I want to teach them about Jesus. I want to point them to the Lord. All these things that we want to do with Champ as well while he's in our home. But then also just living with our hands open to saying, God, you're ultimately in control. And we want to walk by faith mm-hmm. instead of live in fear. You know, I like the the acronym for fear that false evidence is appearing real. Mm. And it's the appearing real that we get afraid of. However, what, like 99% of the things that we fear don't ever happen. They're never real. It's all ethereal. We make it up and, and conjure up what we're afraid of and it won't actually happen. And so how much of our life is actually lost because we don't allow ourselves to enjoy life and live fully because of that fear. I was talking this morning on Instagram live about how if I had looked at my life three years ago, where I'm at today, having three older kids, working full-time, getting ready to release a new book, and then having two babies and volunteering in our church in multiple capacities and also just just having a lot of things going on in our life. And then add in the extra things with foster care and with Champ's different needs and doctor's appointments and therapies and the phone calls and all the things related to that and all the unknowns. I would have looked and I would have been like, there's, there's no way. That's too much. I can't do that. And I think there's a lot of people who look at me and they'll say, I don't know how you're doing this. And yet I can attest to God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. He didn't give me grace three years ago for this. He's not giving someone else grace to carry what I'm carrying because he's not called them to that. And he's not giving me grace to carry what other people in my life I know are carrying because he's just called me to where I am right now and to do this well, do the next right thing well, as Emily P. Freeman would say. He's also not giving you grace to do what something in the, in the, in the future, mm-hmm. you know, three years down the road, the, he's giving you grace for today, for right now. And I think it's so easy then when we live in fear, we're fearing the future. Right. We're looking at, we're playing something out to the worst case scenario and thinking what might, mm-hmm. what if, how would I, if that were to be the case? And we're letting that take away the joy of today. Right. And I think that's the thing that foster care has really taught me that, I don't want to live worrying about what might be or what if and letting myself just constantly that way over me so that I miss out on the gift of today. Right. Now, it, it is smart to gameplay and if you're saying what if, but if you're doing what if to cause an excuse as to not take action, that's where it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, if you you need to put contingency plans in place, you go and play the what if game, but don't let it, when you play the what if game, don't let those consequences stop you from acting and paralyze you. Well, I was thinking there, there's healthy what if and unhealthy what if. Right. 
And so, you know, we talk about what, what would this possibly look like in a few months from now? What if this? What if that? Like you said, if it leads us to take action in a healthy way, instead of if it suffocates us and paralyzes us in fear. And so what are, what's going around in your head constantly? Is it worry? Is it stress? Is it fear of the future? Or is it joy for today? Is it gratitude for right now? And just how gratitude changes your perspective so much. There was a message that I got from a woman this morning who she was talking about how she's been choosing gratitude. And so today, when multiple things had happened, she said her vacuum cleaner broke. And instead of being frustrated, she she said, I'm so grateful that I actually have two vacuum cleaners. You know, and it just a lot of people don't have two vacuum cleaners, but she did in that moment. And, and so asking yourself, what can I be grateful for? And I did an Instagram post the other day where I was talking about when I had that ocular migraine and the questions that I asked myself is what's wrong? What can I do about it? And what can I be grateful for? And I think these three questions can make such a difference in our perspective, because I think we can just go round and round and round and round in circles, in fear, in worry, in stress, in those, you know, projecting worst case scenario. And instead, if things aren't going like you planned or you're starting to feel stressed or you're starting to feel like there's, you're really frustrated or something's wrong, just stopping right then when you feel that rising in you and saying, what's wrong? Really naming the problem. Because I think a lot of times we don't stop to name the problem. Mm-hmm. We just let stress overtake us. Well, and, and even not naming what naming that stress and saying, oh, wait, that's stress. That's fear. Yeah. I'm worried about such and such. Or I don't feel well today. Or I'm frustrated that my plans didn't go as I had hoped. Or you know, I'm tired. Just naming the problem allows us to then be able to think of, is there a solution? And so asking, what can I do? Is there something that I can do to make a difference, to tweak or change or improve the situation, to focus on what you can do and what you can change, not on what you can't change. And then finally, to really ask yourself, what can I be grateful for in this moment? In this time when I'm feeling stressed or feeling tired or feeling frustrated or feeling overwhelmed or not feeling well, what can I be grateful for? And that can completely transform your perspective. And I think I would add on one more thing of, you know, how can I look to God in this? Mm -hmm. What would that look like for me to look to God in this moment and to say, here's my problem. And I... I'm frustrated with this. I'm stressed with this. I'm overwhelmed by this. I'm worried about this. To really name it to God and say, you know, I need your help. Give me wisdom to know how to walk this. Help me to let go of this thing that is weighing over me. Help me to look to you. I can't do this in my own strength. I am not enough. Help me to look to you to be enough. Help me to do all things through your strength. Because in and of myself, I'm just wallowing in fear and I want to walk by faith. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful day. And as always, we love hearing from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, topics for future episodes, send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.